T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome back to Sports Talk here on the Big 870. Mike Detailia along with the Cajun Cannon, Bobby Bear, and Charlie Long. Uh, we're taking you to 8 o'clock tonight, a little after 7.20 tonight. We'll have John Hendricks on, uh, Saints lead writer for SI.com, also uh, Boot Crew Media. He also writes for he's at the NFL Combine in Indianapolis. Bob, you got something yeah, on one I, of the I, rare athletes today, Well, elite. I, I, I like history, and to me, if you're the best of the best, uh, I like to acknowledge, uh, no matter what the sport. Okay, and um, – you know, I casually uh, look at the majors like tennis. I'll talk about, you know, Wimbledon, uh, U.S. Open, French Open, whatever. I mean, Novak Djokovic. I mean, I don't know if you like Serbian people. You don't like them. Croatians might have a problem. They used to be all brothers with Yugoslavia, but I don't know. All I know is uh, Djokovic. Uh, Novak Djokovic. You know, he wouldn't take the vaccine. You remember he couldn't play in Australia? He couldn't go in the country. You know, how you handle it versus how do you handle things. Well, you look so far, uh, Djokovic is 12-0 so far in 2023. 12-0, haven't lost, 12-0, heading into this week's tournament in Dubai. You know, they got all these international, obviously. Dubai can have whatever event they want. They just pay the money. Okay, come here, a soccer match, whatever it might be, tennis. Come to Dubai. But this is what I wanted to bring up. Novak Djokovic broke the the record. Okay, now, broke the record, like history. Broke the record for the most time spent at number one in professional tennis rankings by a man or a woman. Okay? Think about this. Beginning, Mike, he's been number one in Charlie. 378 weeks. He just surpassed Steffi Graf, who was at 377, number one. You know, like a whole week in number one? So Steffi Graf had the record at 377, leading the WTA. And then uh, you look at uh, Djokovic, the, the ATP, uh, now he's at 378. So when you compare him to other men, he, he's already uh, held the men's mark by far, eclipsing Roger Federer, the old ATP standard, uh, 310 weeks. So Roger Federer was number one for 310 weeks, and it ended in March of 2021. Well, uh, Djokovic is at 378. Now, uh, if you look at it, he said, I'm flattered, obviously, extremely, extremely proud and happy for this achievement. And he says, uh, you know, look, he refers to Steffi Graf as one of the uh, Steffi Graf is one of the greatest and most legendary tennis players ever. But then you look kind of all the great tennis players. After Djokovic and Steffi Graf, the all-time number one uh, weeks list, 
Uh, we have heard uh, Martina uh, Navratilova. I mean, I'm tongue twister. She was at 332. Okay, Martina. Okay, Serena Williams. Don't we love Serena Williams? Yep, Mike. Absolutely. She's in third at 319. So you look at Steffi Graf at uh, 377. So Serena Williams at 319, followed by Roger Federer. Now, the computer, uh, computerized rankings, it all started in 1970s. So it's yeah. basically been a half a century. So like 50 years that this goes back to right now. Uh, but you look at Djokovic, he's uh, finished seven years atop uh, the ATP. Okay, you know what those seven years being? Uh, seven years, Mike, you're the best of the best. Uh, that's another men's record. So you look at you might not like Djokovic because he didn't want to get the vaccination or whatever. But all I know is he's the best ever. He's the best ever. All these records. Uh, it's another record he has. He has seven years uh, atop of the ATP. He's 35 years of age. Uh, we all know the Serbian. He returned to number one this time by winning the Australian Open in January. He beat uh, Alcaraz. Now uh, the title. Now by winning in Australia. Djokovic is 22nd uh, Grand Slam tournament. Now, he's equal, with, uh, equal right now with Rafael Nadal for the most by a man in tennis history. You, you know why he's going to surpass Rafael Nadal? Because Rafael Nadal's hurt. And he's held, and he's rolling right now, ready to play. So, Mike, I mean, I, I listen, people might know. Who's your favorite tennis player or whatever? Uh, right now, uh, I like uh, a great accomplishments. There ain't nobody better than Djokovic. Yeah, I had a friend of mine I worked with for years. He would always say, man, he's not elite. He's elite. Oh. That's how good he no, is. No, no, And so a Different level. Different level player. We'll be back with more sports talk here on the Big 870. And John Hendricks from SI.com, also Boot Crew Media, will be on with us to talk NFL Combine right after this break on the Big 870. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medella is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medella is your reward. Medella, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. We're back here on Sports Talk on the Big 870. Mike Detail along with the Cajun Cannon, Bobby A. Bear, and Charlie Long. On our Oakwood Hard Jewelers Talk and Text Line, John Hendricks for SI.com, also Boot Crew Media. 
Uh, John, uh, in Indianapolis today, correct? Yep, yep. Been here uh, for a little bit now, so it's been a, a good experience so far, and obviously some invaluable uh, meetings and such that have taken place so far. <laughs> John, one of the things uh, – it don't tell you a damn thing about if a guy can play or not. Okay, you run, you in right. pajamas and slippers, but uh, the job interviews, the one-on-one interviews, are very important because they know if you can play or you can't. Uh, they, they pretty much know if you fast or you're not, or you're strong or you're not. Now, some of the numbers might be a little surprising, but they, I figured that out. I think the job interviews and the medicals, that's where. This is really the cut for the combine that it gives you a thorough medical examination. And every year, right, somebody comes out of here with something that you didn't know about before. But those one-on-one interviews, I think, play a huge part when things are close between players. Yeah, look, uh, we talked to D.A. yesterday, and, and that's one of the things that he talked about. I asked him about the combine experience, and he said, you know, look, most of these guys are just a name and a number right now. And so he said that's one of the most rewarding type things is being able to talk to some of these guys. And, you know, you don't really know too much about their story and about them until you sit down. And, you know, D.A. said kind of about it. He said, hey, look, you know, if I was in those positions like they were, I don't know if I would be in their spot today, you know, being able to pull through with all the adversity and such. And so, look, it's a great time to, to get to know a lot of the prospects. And, look, the Saints are in that mode where they're doing a lot more of their homework with Mickey and, and D.A. right now. But you're right. I mean, you know, most everything that you've done already is, is on tape in college. Well, uh, John, you speak of that, though, but it just seems like, I don't know if it's human nature, uh, that you look at college tape and then you do the interviews. But, Mike, uh, you could chime in here, too, with John, uh, that to me, people are still freaked out uh, when you got the workout warrior and you got the, the measurables. It's that, great TV. That, that it's off I'm the just chart. telling you. Oh, okay. It's great TV. But, boy, but, John and Mike, what about this, though? You remember, you know, you know who had the measurables that was unbelievable was Teron Armstead. What, what, what from what, Arkansas Pine Bluff? Uh, what he did, Mike? Think about that and how well. Now, you know, the only thing to me that has set him back now with the Saints and it Dolphins was injuries, injuries. But other than that, when he's playing, he's been dominant. And so you're gonna find a guy like that in every year. Oh, we didn't know about. I mean, to be the big guy for Georgia last year, Davis. And when he ran, right. and you're like, what? That guy's that fast? And every once in a while, you see a little bit of movement on a player because you know what, John and Bob? Those uh, head coaches and GMs, they're not going from stadium to stadium to watch college games. they worried about the NFL season. So you know what? The last thing on your mind sometimes does take – uh, effect when you're drafting it is the measurables yeah yeah look and i think that's the thing and you see some of the combine speeds today from some of these defensive linemen i mean man these guys are scooting out here right and and so i think there are things there and you know with the saints it's one of those that you look at the rash scores all those fun things that that come out and you know look bobby brought it up uh, Teron had a, a very freakish combine and stuff and i think that does matter and, and you know just looking at guys 40 times and knowing that hey 
maybe I found out something about this prospect that maybe I didn't catch the first time around when I looked at the film and, and such. And so, look, it's a, a good opportunity to definitely help boost your draft stock regardless, you know. But, again, it, 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 it still remains to be seen because I think Mike hit it on that it's all about your character and that interview that you have with the scouts and what they say about you and is going to carry a lot of weight. Now, uh, you know, John, when you look at, um, like, really, does it matter, like, where do you went to school? Because when you look at it, uh, if you get invited, it'd be kind of like a senior bowl invite or a combine invite that there's a reason why you're on the radar. And it doesn't matter how maybe successful your school or university was, but uh, but what are you doing as an individual and maybe uh, uh, the prospect uh, of you going forward? And that and see if uh, when you line up uh, against maybe more household names or household universities, uh, that, that realistically with the NFL, they could care less where you came from. Now, they look at the SEC and the power of that. But, uh, okay, you know is a perfect example? Uh, Khalil Mack. Where did he go to school? He went to freaking Buffalo. What? Mm. Uh, now, now, think about that. I'm not talking about the Buffalo Bills. I'm talking about the, the, the Buffalo <laughs> University. You know, think about that, Mike. That goes to tell you. It's not Penn State. Uh, somebody or, missed out on that guy when right? they were a high school recruiting him. And listen, that does happen because it happened with you. Yeah, uh, Northwest Bob, It happened with you. You went South Lafouche one year as a quarterback. I never played quarterback to my senior year. And, and, and so it does Louisiana. happen. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Late bloomer, yep. Yeah, well, it's interesting you bring that up because, you know, I asked Mickey about that because I asked him yesterday about – you know, past three to five years, we've seen a lot of things with the small schools, HBCU becoming more prominent. And, you know, he kind of said that they, they pride themselves on finding those gyms. I mean, look at, at Rashid Shaheed last year, Weber State. Nobody knows right. that, yeah. right? I mean, that's a, that's a prime example. Or even taking a guy like a Trevor Penning out of Northern Iowa. I mean, it's not like it's a big SEC school. And, you know, I think that's one of the things that, to think about him. Deontay Hardy was Assumption College. I mean, there's just all these things that they do find and so, look, that carries a lot of weight, and I think there's something, especially with these undrafted guys, that they carry that extra chip on their shoulder when they do get get the call. And, and so it's not always a given where just because you're in the SEC means you're given stuff. I can think of guys like the Saints are drafted out over the years. and I mean, Damian Swan was a, one that comes to mind, a guy out of Georgia. I mean, he was a, you know, mid-day three pick, but still, you know, he's a Georgia guy. He's supposed right. to do a lot for you. He didn't, you know. John, one of the things uh... – happens today certainly with the Alvin Kamara situation now to me that opens up the situation where you got to take a back but not only one now we talking plural because uh, now you're not really sure about 2023 for Alvin and this team has no depth at the running back position I'm talking about basically zero uh, you got Dwayne Washington Eno Benjamin they brought in but he was cut loose by two teams uh, so uh, your opinion I-, I think they need a power back and they also need a, a guy that can be that edge rusher receiver coming out the backfield. It's not just one back. They need two today. And, you know, uh, Mike and John, how about I'm going to throw that out there? Because I know we love him because he went to St. Aug and all that. What if you had, like, a, a Leonard Fournette to replace Mark Ingram and then you draft more of your, uh, 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 you know, Kamara type back? You know, we don't know if Kamara's available or not, but – you know, take that route uh, that Leonard Fournette is kind of almost playing a role to support their running back room. Depends on how much Leonard wants. No, 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 no. no. That's that a great comes point. into play. Yeah. 
Yeah, look, I think it's valid. I think they got to get at least two, and whether that's draft and free agency or something else, they've got to look at trying to improve that situation because I think that's something they're missing is somebody that could run up the middle and be a power back. I mean, they tried it with Mark and just didn't really pan out, and they tried it with David Johnson, didn't really work out, and they were just missing something there. And look, Kamara's utilization wasn't the best either. I, I think that was a a thing for them. And, you know, most of their effective runs were Taysom Powers and, and right. such. And, <laughs> and so, look, I, I think that, you know, with Kamara, even if he does escape the trial, his fate there, he could still get suspended under the league's personal conduct policy, which is probably That's about true. six games. And so, look, I, I'm in favor. you got to bring in some life free agency. I think there's a good talent of, of guys that are coming into this draft that I feel like you can spend a day, two, three pick. And, you know, I, I think the middle rounds is probably where they might look. I don't know if they're going to get somebody high up because they have other pressing needs like D-tackle and, and such. But, look, they've got to improve that spot because it was definitely lackluster. And you have too good of an offensive line that was showing how dominant they could be in the trenches to just have no nobody that can t- take advantage of it. Well, John, I can tell you who I like, uh, and it sounds like he's from New Orleans. Uh, even though he played at UCLA, I think he got New Orleans connection. Zach, yeah, Louisiana connection. Yeah, Zach Charbonnet. Zach Charbonnet. I mean, from UCLA, 220 pounds. He averaged seven yards a carry. Uh, we were dealing with the hurricane. I remember watching an LSU-UCLA game. And all like, man, who's that? We can't, we can't tackle him. And they're still trying to tackle <laughs> right, him right. from last year. Man, and Zach, he rushed for over 1,300 yards, and he caught about 360 yards worth of passes. He played in 10 games for UCLA. Yeah, and we, yeah, yeah. we brag about Tajay, and he deserves all the accolades. <laughs> but look at the numbers Charbonnet put up. Well, and, and, and look up the numbers that would have been put up if we'd uh, elected her as mayor, Desiree Charbonnet. <laughs> I mean, uh, but we wouldn't be maybe in the situation we're in right now with uh, Latoya the Destroyer. Yeah, Bob, you doing the, the, the wrong show. No, but it's Charbonnet. <laughs> I, I, I just recognize that name. Yeah, look, I mean, there's tons of these prospects that you're going to see a lot more of, and and they're going to come in more into focus. But, look, again, I I feel like this is a very running back rich class. Tight end, too. Tight end, too. I think receiver is a little bit good, too. And and so I think there's a lot of areas the Saints can improve upon in that offense that was just dreadful. It's been pretty hard to watch the past couple of years. John, uh, what's the buzz in Indy about Derek Carr? Uh, Because now – there seems to be some momentum growing more and more about the Saints being in the lead spot uh, for Derek Carr. It, has that been the buzz in Indy also? Yeah, it, it is. And, and look, I'll tell you, the Saints, that's kind of their prime prime target, right? And so I think this is priority number one for them, figuring out the quarterback spot. This is the top priority for them. You know, look, I, I think we, in reading through and everything that I've heard out here is that Carr is their top guy. I don't think it's about the money necessarily. Um, it's more about the best opportunity situation with Derek Carr and where does he have the best opportunity? You know, I don't think that's New York because you have to run through the AFC. There's too much talent there. The division is very strong that he would be going into. I think with Carolina, they're still trying to figure things out. I think New Orleans is in the best spot to be able to help them because, um, I mean, you look, get into the NFC, the playoffs, get into the dance. I think he has a shot and I think that there's a lot the Saints like about him from his the way he handles himself. It's not just a DA, you know, connection. But look, it, it's real, and I, I'm I got to tell you, this is they they feel like this will be done, you know, uh, the the Sean Paytonism sooner rather than later. Um, I don't think anything would be imminent, you know, coming out of the combine. But here, 
right before the start of the new league season, I think that you'll probably see where Carr picks. And I think right now, um, if you ask me, I think Carr will be on the Saints. And I give it about an 85% chance to happen. Well, uh, he can come to the Saints, uh, but if Aaron Rodgers goes to Carolina, uh, the Saints are a second <laughs> banana. Uh, I can tell you, yeah. uh, I, I want you to comment on this, John. I'm looking at uh, Adam Schefter saying that Aaron Rodgers, now the Panthers have reached out to Green Bay uh, to maybe be their quarterback. Now he's uh, 39 years of age, but it's Aaron Rodgers. To me, this is not good for the Houdat Nation. I, I look at that, this is almost like, uh, Mr. Tepper, the owner of Carolina, we got to win now, kind of like uh, what the Buccaneers did with Tom Brady, instant fix. I'm not worried about three or four years down the road right now. So uh, we don't know uh, the NFC South, the NFC South. But if Aaron Rodgers goes to Carolina, considering uh, their defense and how they were structured and, uh, you know, their line, and uh, I know they don't have Christian McCaffrey anymore, but how they could not be favored in the AFC South, I mean the NFC South, if Aaron Rodgers, the Carolina Panthers quarterback. And, John, I think this would set off a chain reaction of events because if Carr signs with the Saints, and let's say the Panthers pull off a deal for Rodgers, and we don't know that, but let's say they do. Right. What the hell, Atlanta? There's no way they enter in the season with Desmond Ritter. No, I think now they jump both feet in to try to get Lamar Jackson. Right, and, and then all of a sudden, uh, what, you're going to go with Kyle Trask at Tampa Bay? Then all of a sudden, Jimmy Garoppolo ends up there. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, the NFC South, look at all these quarterback changes. Yeah, look, it would be something. And look, I, I know that's a, a big buzz right now, and Carolina is going to do a lot of their, their homework. And look, I, you know, I think Frank Wright is, is a great coach. I think he's going to help turn those guys around. And Look, Atlanta, I think they're still trying to deal with some of the fallout with some of these past contracts they had from Matt Ryan and Julio Jones, all this other stuff, right? And they're trying to figure things out. And, look, I like some of their, their young talent that they have. And I think Terry Fontenot can really help them build. I don't think that's a contender this year just because I don't think Desmond Renner played as well as uh, some of the people thought he would, you know what I mean? And so, obviously, Mar- Marcus Mariota thing didn't work out. But no, it you get Aaron Rodgers in the division, it certainly gets really interesting. And, look, if, if he plays, you know, maybe he needs to change the scenery because he wasn't that good at Green Bay last year. And I don't think it was all because of Aaron Rodgers. But, look, they would need to look at the receivers. They need to, to figure out some ways to help make them a little bit easier on him. But, man, it could – really change their fortune. But Tampa, look, I think their total rebuild mode, they're going to be kind of the bottom dwellers, uh, you know, for at least a season or two because they've just got too many things to figure out post-Tom Brady. John, I think if one team you can look at in the NFC and say they would tank, I think it's the Bucks in the mm-hmm. shot to try to grab Caleb Williams. Because, you know, they cutting loose people left and right, Cameron Brait, Leonard Fournette, and that's just the start. I think if there's one team that could really hit rock bottom and fast, it would be Tampa Bay. Yeah, I agree. You're going to penthouse outhouse. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, look at what happened to the Rams. You go all in for a championship, and then suddenly all those pieces and all that stuff just kind of – The worst worst record, John, in uh, Super Bowl history. Uh, Super Bowl winner the next season, the worst record ever. John, uh, maybe you can elaborate a little bit about this. I think he, uh, D.A. was questioned about his decision to keep Pete Carmichael as the uh, offensive coordinator. Uh, what exactly did he, he bring up in that conversation? Yeah, look, he was just talking about, you know, he, he believes in Pete Carmichael, and 
he just cited kind of the, the way things were going around the league is that there were about 16 coordinator changes, right? And so he feels that Pete's still the guy that can run this offense, you know, like he did when Sean was, was out for a bit, and, and that, that's the type of quality that they can get. And so, again, it's just more about guys can trust. I think one of the other things to hit on is they finally feel like they're in a position where they know how to use Taysom correctly. So I think that's going to be big for them as well. And so, look, there were some ways that he cited that, you know, he liked about the offense, but ultimately it just it come down to his track record. And, you know, and, and, and not having to go through, as he called it, a rat race to right. make make a change when he had about 16 different offensive coordinators change. And, again, I think it's where he's banking on it. But, you know, it's going to be – we'll see what happens. But he's well, confident. And, you know, John, it's like we spalled who that nation. We look at uh, come on, Sean Payton and Drew Brees. We're always uh, – oh, we definitely in the top five. We're not number one. We're in the top five, maybe top three. But I think, uh, you know, fans who look at it, okay, where did we rank, like, overall total offense and scoring offense? You look on the Pete Carmichael, we were 19th total offense, 22nd in scoring offense. Uh, that, that, that's uh, – it can't happen. Uh, we spoiled. Uh, that cannot happen here. Uh, that was the worst statistical finish in scoring since 2005. What? That was since Katrina. This was before Sean Payton. So that's why I think, we look, ah, that's why people say, man, Pete Carmichael, I don't, I don't know about him. But you know the one thing, looking at the glass half full instead of half empty? I thought this was interesting. You know the Saints rank, uh, you know, explosive plays. The Saints ranked 10th, top 10, in yards per play last season. Now, like you were saying, what Dennis Allen said. So what I don't feel like we did a good job is finishing. There's a different ways you could finish, whether it's the red zone, whether it's converting on third down to have sustained drives. He goes on to say, so whether that would be finishing in the red zone or where some opportunities on third down uh, that we could have converted. And I brought this up. You know what else he said? Maybe there was a drop here, a drop there. How about you catch the damn ball? And uh, the, 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 the inconsistencies there, then we might have performed better offensively. <laughs> Because, Mike, you know, like, okay, if you – I know I'm, 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 you say I'm taking over the quarterbacks, but I'm telling you, okay, if you hit the receiver in the hand and it's third and seven and we had the first down and he drops it, eh, now we got a punt. So what, you're not successful offensively? How about you catch the ball? So, I mean, I just look at how Dennis Allen broke that down from red zone to third down opportunities. Now, that's one thing Drew Brees and Sean Payton, we we're always unbelievable on third down. Yeah, they were great on third down. We are always unbelievable. And then you look at, like, uh, not making contested catches. What have we said about Chris Olave or any of the receivers? Because you get spalled again with Marcus Colston and, 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 and Michael Tyler. And what Mike Ty- did in his Michael prime. Thomas. It's like, what? No, it's a 50-50 ball, but it's our 50. We catching it. No, well, it's more like 80-20. Yeah, yeah. Well, 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 well for this year, uh, like, uh, John, if you look back, I mean, I'll look at, if we had a contested catch, or the last two seasons, we weren't catching Jack. We weren't going to catch the ball. That, that's been frustrating. Now, maybe I'm taking it up for the quarterbacks again. But, I mean, uh, those contested catches, we were kind of spoiled with Colson and uh, Michael Thomas. Yeah, I mean, you, you hit it on the head. This is where they missed the Michael Thomas. They didn't have a guy, a big-body guy, a possession receiver that could make the catches on a third and two, a slant type thing or quick route that could, that could move the sticks. I think that's something that he missed. 
And look, I think that they are going to look at it and, and try to get a, a guy like that in free agency, maybe and just somebody who can move the chains for him. And you know, I don't think the door's closed on Mike, but it's obviously something that I don't think they put all their eggs in that basket, even if they somehow figure out a way to keep them. But, you know, just to put it in perspective, what you're talking about the offense, look, the, the games, the last eight games for the Saints last year, 20 points or less allowed by the defense, and the Saints won half of those games. You should win all of them. You should win all you of them. You should win. Absolutely. <laughs> you needed over 20 points to yeah. win those games, and yeah. there's over half of them, so, and it just didn't happen. Quick, uh, John, uh, David Onyemata, you think he signs a new deal with the Saints? Uh, look, I think that's kind of tough just because I think, um, you know, the defensive interior is going through a huge makeover. I mean, they only have one guy on the contract. squat left. Hey, John, John, how about this? Uh, I think if the Saints don't sign him, he possibly goes to two NFC South teams. He'll stay in the NFC South. They come back maybe to hunt the Saints. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I wouldn't be shocked. Well, right, right. That, that I think uh, David Onyemata, now you might say, well, we need him to be more consistent and play at a higher level and maybe has taken a step back. But, Mike, watch, uh, 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 whether it be Carolina, the Falcons, or whatever, I'm telling you, he can stay right there in the NFC South and go get the Saints. I think the distraction of what happens at quarterback has taken away the fact this defensive tackle group is basically been wiped off the planet. There's nothing left. Man, that, that's a major rebuild of defensive tackle. John, to be honest. Well, well and who we signed? Yeah. Passanio, he's like a tweener that on the edge or the interior. You like him in the NASCAR, maybe to rush the passer. But he's not like, a, you know, like a shy Tuttle. You look at Malcolm Roach, whatever it might be on the interior. Can street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On no, and on. No, you look at the D tackle and you look David Onyemata being the top dog. It's like, whoa, that's why almost in the draft you say, like, I don't know, Mike, the 29th pick. Is there going to be a stud D-tackle that we can take uh, yeah, in? I bet they take a long look at a lot of them yeah. at the D-tackle at 29. John, thanks so much for joining us uh, tonight. We really appreciate it, buddy. Thanks for having me, guys. Y'all have a good rest of the show. All Thank righty. you, John. John Hendricks, uh, lead writer for SI.com, also boot crew uh, Media, you know, Mike. Have we talked about that enough? Because you think about the instability in the interior. There ain't much left. So, if, so, so Onyemata isn't resigned. Do you, you agree with nothing. me that you know, might think David Onyemata out of sight, out of mind, but he might not be uh, uh, out of sight, out of mind. He might be right there on the NFC South, but with a different team. Well, he'll right. just go a little bit east to Atlanta. Uh, yeah, yeah. Be or, or, uh, well, the Carolina. The, the, I think he's not going anywhere. He'll be in the NFC South. We'll be back with more sports talk here on the Big Eight Seventy. Back here on sports talk on the Big Eight Seventy went a little bit long with John. the The big news came from Hendricks in that the buzz in Indianapolis is stuff I'm hearing in the agent community. Too too, that they think the Saints are the top team to land Derek Carr. And so John's repeating it that he hears the exact same thing out in Indianapolis. We'll be back with more Sports Talk here on the Big 870. We're finishing up here on Sports Talk on the Big 870. We're going to go to Jonathan in Lake Charles. So we'll go back to our Oakland Heart Jewelers talking text line. Jonathan, you're in the huddle with Bobby and Mike. Bobby and Mike, good evening, brothers. Good evening, first Jonathan. Time talking to you guys, first time talking to you guys in 2023. Uh, Mike, just want to kind of refresh your memory. Uh, I was t- calling in last year during the football season to talk to you about the little LSU and Saints 
thing going on where the Saints would win one weekend and LSU would lose. That yeah, I remember that. I, I do remember that. Yeah. So, listen, I'm calling y'all to wrap up the show with this little nugget. So, you know, life comes full circle. And, of course, you guys will know that because y'all up in age. No jabs at y'all. but uh, No, no it's true. Yeah, yeah, I night, got you. It's true. <laughs> yeah, last night, who y'all had on? Y'all had Kim Mulkey on last yes, night, sir. right? Yes, right? sir, we so, sure did. I don't know if y'all been following it, but Girls March Madness is in y'all backyard out there in Hammond. And a local standout at St. Louis High School here in Lake Charles broke Kim Mulkey's 43-year-old record in Division II Class 3A basketball last night. She scored forty three. She scored forty one points. Uh, she beat Kim Mulkey's turning the record of thirty five points. Um, and of course, what college Kim Mulkey went to? Went to so Louisiana, Louisiana Tech. Tech. So, so, uh, so where is she going to go to LSU or, or what? No, she's going. She's going to. She's going to Louisiana Tech. No, she's, she's going, going to Tech. Tech. So wait. So wait. She she, she, she broke her high school record. Is that what you're telling me? She or? Broke her. Yeah, she broke her tournament record for from for Division Two, Class Three A last night. Got you. She scored forty one points. So, um, like I said, life comes full circle, man. I just, it's just a, a coincidence that she was on y'all show last night, and her name is Paris Guillory. She's a, a tech signee. So you know, okay. shouts out to Paris Guillory and the St. Louis Girls Saints, who's going to be in a championship game tomorrow. Well, well, I, I, and they've I, always had some good teams yeah, yeah. at St. Louis. Yeah. Always had some really good basketball teams there. Well, well and uh, you know, yeah. hopefully one day we'll see her in the WNBA. You know, you take advantage of the opportunity at Louisiana Tech, and, um, and hopefully that's the case. Thank you, Jonathan. Appreciate right, Jonathan. the call, bud. Really appreciate it. Uh, Charlie, you got some updates also on the basketball? Yeah, so we were talking earlier in the show about Pete Maravich's scoring record. Detroit Mercy's Antoine Davis is the one that's threatening it. He needs 26 points to break it, 25 to tie. Uh, but, guys, something something kind of fishy's developing here. Youngstown State, the top team in the Horizon League, is down at halftime to the 8 seed Detroit Mercy, 33-29. to Antoine Davis took a, like threw up four shots in the first four minutes of the game. At halftime, he is 3 of 9 for seven points. So he needs a big second half or for Detroit Mercy to pull off this upset of Youngstown State to potentially So they're winning, but he's not scoring. He's not scoring. That's that's the, the surprising <laughs> oh, thing is that he's only no. got seven points at half, but they're still leading at halftime. Well, uh, we need Youngstown State to win. Yeah, we need that second half comeback. Because his, then his career is over uh, for Detroit Mercy. But you know what? If you look at it, Youngstown State, uh, they shut him down. Bob, uh, Bob just, brought it up uh, yesterday. Yeah, if you look at it, the first time they played, the first game he had 32 points, but he was held to season low 15 in the second matchup. Yeah, he's at seven right now so on three seven, of nine shooting and uh, one of so four from three-point range. As long as he don't get to 25-26. <laughs> but they got to lose. Yeah, he can get 20 points and they lose, and then uh, that'll be good. Charlie, you and I were watching this. Houston, man, Wichita State gave them a really tough game, and, then, man, they blew the doors open on them. Houston with a 79-64 lead over Wichita State. Now it's uh, – 
uh, 81-64, but whatever. Mike, uh, they they had gave them quite a game for a half. I don't know if you saw it, but Wichita State went on like a 10-0 run. And like midway through the first half, Kelvin Sampson called a timeout, but, and he pointed, he pointed at each one of the players <laughs> that was on the floor, and he said something to them. And, and then, you know, and, Houston goes on their run, and now they're they're winning this game by 20 points. And, Charlie, uh, forget about LSU men's basketball, but how about Tulane's men, men's basketball? I know they couldn't handle – um, University uh, the Houston Cougars, Memphis. Right. But but yeah yeah yeah. So so where are they going to be like as far as uh, in the NCAA tournament? Right? No, think? they're they're going to be playing Eastern Carolina tomorrow to wrap up their season, and then they'll they'll have the American Athletic Conference tournament. So so do you think they're an NCAA tournament team or more NIT? They have they have to probably win the. Tournament. I think the potential okay. would be that they have to win the tournament. I to got get you. In. I got you. All right, Bobby, finish it off for us tonight. All right, bonne nuit, les gens. Good night, people. Who that? Go Saints! T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.